0: Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Rashad. Amen! I needed that one right there. Uh, my name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. I'm excited this morning for the message, um, but I want to be honest with you, it's been a long week of a lot of heat, so it's been wearing me down throughout the week, and I got a long trip coming up to uh, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, to go preach up there for about 500 students, so that's a blessing A lot on my plate, but I'm excited about this, and I'm going to feed off of you. So we do the the good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad, so that I know that you're engaged, that you're here, that you're ready to hear from God. And uh, also, I kind of feed off that energy. So let's do that one more time. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Rashad! Amen. All right, so here at Church on the Rock, we are going through the book of Romans, over the next five years. I know that sounds crazy, but trust me, it's, it's, it's been good so far, right? And we just started a new series last week uh, called News, meaning Necessary Evidence We See. We're looking at the gospel of God and just trying to find the necessary evidence that must be involved for it to be the gospel of God. Last week, we explained that much of the gospel uh, is believed to be just a christian word like you open up the bible you see gospel you talk to christians in the church you hear the word gospel so we automatically thought it was a word that's just for christians but we found that there can be a gospel of just about anything right and so those of us in brownsburg we know 267 was closed forever and when they opened it up they had a ribbon-cutting party and we called it the gospel of 267 right and now that's changed because the traffic over there is getting crazy Uh, we talked about the gospel of the heroes at BP because they're the best things that ever happened to food. And some of you went over there and was like, Oh, wasn't that nice? So that gospel wasn't really that true for some of you. Right. Um, but what we found was that gospel can be used for anything. So what we want to do with this series over the next two, three weeks is look at the gospel of God and determine what is necessary evidence that must be present. So Today, we're going to continue on with that journey. A little bit different of an approach that I'm taking, so just bear with me here as we walk through this journey. But um, I celebrated my 15th uh, wedding anniversary on July 16th this week. Amen? Amen? Like, yeah! Right? Amen. Amen. And so what happens is this. Um, I, I was reflecting on that, right? So you make wedding vows or wedding Promises is another way that you could say that, and and some of you who've ever been to a wedding or maybe you're married, it goes a little something like this: Uh, the guy was like, "Hey, Rashad, (laughs) because we was in Vegas, so it didn't, yeah, never mind." All right, so (laughs) he goes, he goes, he goes, hey, he goes, "Uh, do you take Brittany, whom you hold by the hand, to be your true and lawful wedded wife, uh, to love, cherish, obey, honor, in sickness and health, joy and pain? And to cling to her and her alone so long as you both shall live. Please say, I do. And I said, I do. Who said, I do? Did you just marry me? Did you? (laughs) Brett, we got a problem, right? (laughs) So I said, I do. And when I said, I do, I made a promise to my wife to do all those things that were included in that message, right? That was included in that vow to love, to cherish, to honor to obey, to cling to her and her alone so long as we both shall live. Last time I checked, Brittany, raise your hand. She is still here, hates the spotlight. She's like, you're not obeying me right now, right? You're not obeying me. But this is what happens. I've broken that promise over the 15 years. I failed to love her. I failed to honor her, failed to obey and cherish, failed to cling to her and her alone. And therefore, I've broken this promise that I've made to my wife. But I made that promise also before God, right? These are vows that you make before God, and I've, I've broken that promise to God as well. And there were witnesses there. There were people, witnesses there to witness this vow, this ceremony, and I've broken the promise I made not just to my wife and before God, but in front of all these witnesses who were there to kind of confirm what's going on. And therefore, what I come to find is that me, Pastor Rashad, is a promise breaker, not a promise keeper. And so I never understood why people will come and join a church or come and, 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 you know, get all fired up about Christ because of me. They'll be like, hey, Rashad, because of you, I'm coming to church on a rock. Because of you, I believe in Jesus. Because of you, I believe the gospel is real. And then when I break a promise and say, hey, I'm coming by at 2 o'clock and then I don't show up at all, then you want to walk out the church and you want to leave the church because you were looking at me to be the promise keeper when I've showed just in my wife and my marriage that I'm a promise breaker. That's what I am. And if we're being honest, you can look at me however you want, but all of you in this room, I'm sure, have broken promises, correct? I mean, how many of you just starting with your marriages, looking at those vows, can say that you have 100%, 100% of the time Kept your vows with your spouse. Never broken the promise to love, cherish, honor, obey, cling to them and them alone and nothing else, so long as you both shall live. And how many of you have said something like, hey, uh, praying for you, and never ever prayed for that person, right? Th- then they call you up and they're like, they like, hey, sis, um, thank you for praying for me, you prayed for me, and it, it came through, God is so good, and you're like, I didn't really pray for you, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I forgot, I completely forgot about that one, but hey, if it worked, it worked, right? But you know you forgot to pray, you broke that promise, right? And, and, and so what you see is that we, we often break promises with each other, right? Like, this is what we do, we, we break promises, we make them, and we break them all the time. And and if we're being honest with ourselves, not only do we break promises with each other and we break promises with God, witnesses, but we break promises with ourselves, right? Like How many times have you said you're going to do something better? New Year's resolutions, I promise I'm going to hit the gym every single day of the week and didn't even make it through the first week, right? (laughs) And how many diets have you said you was going to go on and you're going to eat better and then that man. Ryan, the way, yay. Yay. I'm with you, right? Right? How many times have you said you was going to stop watching the porn, stop drinking the liquor? All these promises that you've made to yourself, and you've even broken those promises, right? So you come to this conclusion that man breaks promises. Man breaks promises to himself, to God, to loved ones, to spouses, and I want you to have that at the forefront of your mind as we get ready to unpack Romans 1-2. If we look at Romans 1-2, this is talking about the gospel of God. So remember, last week we just studied the gospel of God. It was the end of verse 1. And coming into Romans 1-2, it says the gospel of God, which he, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy scriptures. So we just want to break this down in three parts. First, the gospel of God was promised beforehand. So it's based on God's promises, God's promises. And this is vital because once again, if you just look at yourself and if you're just being honest, you're a promise breaker. Everyone in this room at some point in some way is a promise breaker. I mean, don't make me have to start calling out holidays. I, I see too many kids in here, but you uh, got some promise breakers. <laughs> All right. Just, just keep it real. So Part of the necessary evidence we see when it's the gospel of God is that it's God's promise, not man's promise. So I want to show a little bit of this. If it's God's promise, the first thing about it is it's not new. Quit letting these these preachers and these teachers out here come to you with new revelation, new promises, new things that were never promised by God. Like people will tell you God promised something that's nowhere in the Bible. And you'll eat it up, and you'll believe it, and then when it fails you, you run out on the church, and you run away from your faith, and you run out on God, and it's like, God never said that. Where did he say that? But you believed it because the person had a title on their name, pastor, apostle, bishop, reverend, whatever, and since he said it, it has to be true. No need for me to go fact-check it in the Bible. I just He said it. It must be good. He has a lot of Facebook followers, so it must be true, right? Oh, he, he, he's got a YouTube video with a lot of people commenting on it. It must be true. He has a big church. He has a 5,000-person church. It must be true if he said it. And then when you go to apply it in your life and it breaks down, you're mad at God and mad at the church. And I don't want to gather with those hypocrites. and that, But it's like, well, you were believing promises that God never promised. So don't believe, if it's, if it's God's promise is not new, and we see this, Paul talks about this in Galatians 3. Let's look at Galatians 3 real quick. When Paul is actually talking about salvation, he says, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So the gospel message that we preach today, the gospel that we share today, the gospel we live today, God actually preached To Abraham, way back in Genesis, long time ago. Nothing new, something old, actually. Matter of fact, they say if it's new, it's probably not true, right? So we look at that in Genesis 12 3. Uh, Go to Genesis 12 3, it says, uh, God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message being preached to Abraham, something long time ago that has stood the test of time and hasn't changed. So why are you believing these fake promises, these new promises, from these people who are preaching and teaching any old type of gospel? And I go even further. Why are you sharing a gospel with new promises and new teaching that's not a part of the Bible? Another thing that has to happen when it's God's promises, not only is it not new but it will never fail as well. It'll never fail. If God has made a promise, it will not fail. We say, if God said it, that seals it. And what I like about that is when you look at the Hebrew of the word promise, it's never really there according to the English version of the word. What happens is all we have is say, speak, and sworn, and it only never fails when it comes from God. Ain't that something? When God speaks, it doesn't fail. When God says, it doesn't fail. When God swears, it doesn't fail. And we have another scripture that we're going to look at real quick in Joshua that just gives the end of Joshua, this is, this is how it goes. It says, so the Lord, that's God, Yahweh, the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they possessed it and lived in it. So you see the Lord sworn something and it happened. Keep going. It says next, and the Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and no one of all their. Enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Keep going. And so what we see is this at the end of Joshua. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. This is God's promises. Not man's promises. I made a lot of promises this week. And I failed a lot of them because of a busy schedule. I said I was going to be somewhere. I didn't show up. Uh, Corey you, you, you was one of the ones I failed Friday. I said, hey, man, I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock to get my fade. Man, I'm going to come in. You got me. You got me. Cool. Then I hit you like, hey, man, uh, see the way my bank account worked, right? No, nah, <laughs> nah, but, but, but didn't come in until the next day. And even then it was late coming in the next day. But I made a promise to you. Hey, man, I prom- I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to be there in the morning. And then you had to reach out to me. You still coming? Because I'm still waiting. And that's how man works. That's how man works, makes promises and breaks them, doesn't fulfill them. So why would you want to believe in a gospel that is based on men's promises? That, that doesn't add up. That's not good news at all. Where's the good news if, if, if the promise of the gospel is based on man? What's good about that? Knowing that you yourself are a promise breaker. And can you see how that could shatter some things? Because I've made promises to God, right? Have you said this? Has anybody done this before? You know what, God, if you just get me through this situation, I promise, <laughs> insert whatever, right? If, if you just help me in this area financially and just get me over this hump, I promise, right? Or how many of us believe this, this false gospel that your salvation is based on you confessing Christ as Lord and Savior and then perfectly keeping all the promises you're making by confessing him Lord. And so what you do is you think you've lost your salvation every time you mess up. You're like, man, I made a promise to do perfectly, to be perfectly obedient to God, and I messed up this morning when, when, I, when I got upset with my child and cussed him out. So, man, I've lost my salvation because I broke that promise. And, and in that moment, you've, you've placed your salvation on you, your salvation is based on how well you keep your promise. And if that's the case, then raise your hand if you're going to heaven. Uh, pipes still raise their I'm going to heaven. I don't know about y'all. Like. <laughs> but, but pipes aside, if, if you going to heaven is based on you keeping every promise you've made to God, then we're all going to hell. So the necessary evidence we see when it's the gospel of God is that it's based on God's promises. If I wanted to get real technical, like show off a little bit with the Greek of this promise, it's in what we call the middle voice. (laughs) In a sense, it's God not only making the promise but fulfilling it in himself. This is... God sending Jesus, the promise of the gospel is in Christ in Christ alone. It, it's, it has nothing to do with you. This is how he gets all the glory. If you have to keep the promises, if you have to keep what you have vowed and committed to God perfectly, then it's not gonna it's not gonna last. It's not good news, it's not eternal, you can lose your salvation. That's simple. But if but if God in Christ fulfills the promises he made in the Old Testament, then it's not based on you keeping the promises. It was based on Christ fulfilling the promises, and your faith in Christ is what secures your salvation. Doesn't that free you? Doesn't that, doesn't that like, like just liberate you? Jessica, we just baptized you last week, right, Jay? Tell me something. Tell me something. Have you messed up since last week? Yeah, you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Have you messed up since last week? Yeah. And, and, and if it was based on you keeping perfection, this perfect life since last week, would you be going to heaven or hell right now? For being perfect. You, you, hell? What? I'll answer for you. Hell. Alright? So look, look. <laughs> I'm going to help her out here. She on the spot. We get nervous, right? We get nervous. But 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 look, but look, no, no. Seriously, if, if that was the case, then where's the good news for Jessica? If, 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 Pastor, you told me all I got to do is confess Christ is Lord, allow him to come, change my heart, renew my mind, transform my life. And it'll, out of that, I will birth into these works. I will, I'm walking from heaven, right? I'm birthing into these works, and my life is going to change, and you're going to see the fruits of all that. But, but if it's about me being perfect from day one and keeping all these promises and all these things, well, I failed as soon as I got out the water, <laughs> And therefore, there's no gospel and there's no good news of God. In fact, the good news changes. And we said last week, God doesn't change. All of a sudden, it changes. It was all based on this promised Messiah, this promised Redeemer, this promised Fulfiller. And and all of that changes now because now it's based on fallen me. So the necessary evidence we see, first and foremost, with the gospel this week is that it is based on God's promises not man's promises. But it's not just based on his promises. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Romans 1, 2, it goes on, it goes on. It says, which he promised beforehand, there's the promises, look at this though, through his prophets. So the evidence we see is going to be God's promises, God's prophets, God's prophets. And this is heavy. This is real heavy stuff right here because God's prophets, prophets had requirements. In Deuteronomy 18, I want you to see the requirements of God's prophets. It says, God looks at Moses. He says, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. And look at this. I will put my words in his mouth. So it's not going to be the prophet's words. It's going to be God's words in the prophet's mouth. And he, the prophet, shall speak to them all that I command him. So the prophet ain't speaking what he want to speak. He says, it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Keep going. He says, but the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have commanded not, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And he goes on and says, you may say, so you may read that and be like, well then, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? How will we know if there's a false prophet among us? How will we know if this person that's speaking, if there's a false preacher, false teacher, how will we know? And God answers it. He says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. So in other words, the prophet of the Lord, the preacher of the Lord, things like that, he will not miss. He won't miss. If he says in the name of the Lord, if he's speaking on behalf of God, it has to happen. God said it. That seals it. If he misses, he's not a prophet of God. That's simple. He says, uh, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. You shall not respect him. You, should not, you shall not give him an audience. And let's think about this. Like We have many false prophets today false teachers, false preachers. And here's the scary part. The majority of the false prophets I know, I'm looking at. You are your greatest false prophet. And that's why this is such a good series to, to see the necessary evidence regarding the gospel so that you know what you believe and you know what you're listening to. You, you, can't, bl- you can't get to heaven And blame the pastor that was teaching bad for why you didn't believe some false gospel. It's on you. And what are you telling yourself? So like, let's just look at some, these are just things I saw on Facebook recently. Give me my first verse. Look at this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I saw this on Facebook. And under it was a caption of, this is how I know that if I just name it in Jesus' name, I will have it. Like, and then people got on, it was a popular person, people got in the comments, amen, amen, that's right, that's my God, da-da-da-da, da da but I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, I delight a five-bedroom, three-bathroom, nice pool in the back, in the middle of the country, still close enough to hear house, I delight it, I mean, I, I desire it, excuse me, I desire it, but if, if, I, if I say in Jesus' name, that ain't happening, all right. That, that just ain't happening. All right. It, just, it don't work that way. Right. Uh, but yet people will take this verse right here and apply it to anything and say, well, let me see. Delight yourself in the Lord. Well, I like the Lord. I go to church. I like him. I like him a whole lot. So if, if I like him and I just I just tell him what I want, I should get it. And then when you don't get it, you walk out on the church. And, 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 and so I'm going to ask you, well, who taught you that? Who, who taught? False prophet, false teacher. You, you. When in fact, this delight is a is a allow the Lord to shape and to bend your heart, to mold your heart, so that your desires are His desires. And of course, if your desires are His desires, He's going to give you your desires because they're His desires. That's how that works, right? Go, go to another one. I saw. Look at this. Look at this. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. I've seen people on Facebook this week lose a job because of their disobedience to their boss. And then say, well, God knows the plans he has for me. I'm just going to sit here and wait on another job to call. <laughs> this is and then there were likes and loves and comments. Yep, yeah, that's my God, my God, yep, my God, my God, my God, my God. That's not what the text is saying. Who's teaching you that? Why are you agreeing with that? You sitting around here quoting this thing out of, out of Scripture being your own false prophet, false teacher, false whatever, and then when this doesn't work out in your favor immediately, you, you mad at God. You mad at the preacher. You mad at the church, and you're done because of your false teaching. That, that doesn't even, that don't even make sense to me why you blaming me for that. Next one, one more, one more. I just, this, is, this is good. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. I saw somebody on a video, it was a YouTube, it was a it was a muscle-bound like wrestler dude, and he had, chain, he had a chain that he was going to break. And he's like, you know, he's a gospel muscle builder, like bodybuilder, something like that. And he goes, he goes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he goes to break the chain, and it didn't break. <laughs> it didn't break. And, and but they were using this illustration to show that if I just believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm going to break this chain. And, and it didn't break in the moment. And I can't imagine how many baby Christians or non-believers were watching that video and go, "Well then, this stuff ain't real. <laughs> he couldn't even, if he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, Christ didn't give the strength to break a chain. Let alone break my addiction, let alone break my bad habits, right? But this is all about contentment. This is about if I'm if I'm rich, if I'm poor, if I'm living you know wealthy, if I'm if I'm not if I'm eating spam every day. Like I, I like spam. That's kind of good for me. But yeah, I like spam too, Mama. So if I'm rich, if I'm poor, more than I do everywhere. And people, Amen, and yes, and preach, and all this. And it's not even the text. So the gospel, there must be necessary evidence. We see. Of God's promises but also of God's prophets because the promises came through the prophets they came through the prophets and this is this is so important it it shows so much about what we actually believe like even thinking back through a little bit on the promises part let's think about this real quick let's think about this so when you believe the promise of God's gospel you believe that if you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you will be saved amen Amen? Okay, so if you believe that promise, then why is it we live a life that shows like we don't believe the other side of that promise? If you don't place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will not be saved. That's a promise too. And so we see that that's not really, I guess, embraced because when we're begging you to pour into your children to come back and help with the kids ministry, to serve in this area, all that good stuff, we're saying, hey, Their salvation means something to us. It should mean something to you. It kills me how we will go out and we will support our kids in school and be there for whatever we need to do to chaperone them and all that good stuff. We will go to all their sports events and be there to, you know, coach and and participate in all that. But the moment we say, will you be involved in your child's salvation, don't nobody show up. And and so I got to ask you, do you believe in the promise that if they grow up not believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're promised to go to hell? Do, do you believe that? And if you do, then why wouldn't, that, why wouldn't part of that be like a priority to you to get involved in that part of their lives? I mean, you can, you can hustle up and coach all day long and train all day long and half y'all kids ain't going to no major league sports place. I'm just letting you know, all right? I'm just being real with you, all right? And even if they do make the NBA, make the MLB, make the NFL, that ain't guaranteeing them heaven. They got all this skill. Oh, I can dribble my fadeaway. Uh uh. you see me. Ah, 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 I got all this skill. But, th- but when, when I get up there, I ain't playing 21 with Jesus to get into heaven. And honestly, Price, he smoked me anyway. <laughs> So so think about this. Think about this. Like, what you believe about what we're talking about, that the gospel, there has to be necessary evidence of God's promises through God's prophets. You're showing me what you believe by your behavior. This is why we've made this the theme of our year. Belief births behavior. You can't just believe the part of the gospel that says that if you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you go to heaven and not believe the other part of it. The promise of heaven comes with the promise of hell. That's the type of things that we're asking you to respond to when we're asking you here. So so you have have God's promises, God's prophets, and finally, the last part is God's pages. God's pages. This is what Romans 1-2 is saying, that, hey, he promised beforehand, the the gospel was promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Spirit scriptures. Now, a couple of weeks from now, we're going to do a good word study on the word holy, and we're going to find out how we brought the Bible together, how we got the canon of the scriptures, because we got a lot of questions about how do we get the Bible and all that. We're going to address that in, in, in a couple of weeks. But for right now, I want you to see that it's in God's pages. It's in his holy scripture. Some of you have gotten so dependent upon um, Facebook statuses, so dependent upon um, commentaries and devotionals that you're reading these things without seeing if the scripture actually says them. So you're getting all your gospel confirmation from your daily devotional, from some human author, that means well probably, probably means well, but will make a promise in the midst of their flaws that's a man's promise and not God's promise. And because you won't take that and point it back to the scripture and see if the scripture actually says it, you've, you've been duped. And once again, it leads to to your brokenness. It leads to your wanting to give up and your not believing in God because some man or some woman, some devotional, some book, some movie, some song told you something and promised you something that was never a promise of God. I know um, there's a couple Christian movies that people have watched and have gotten so this, these emotional feelings from the movie and went on and applied it to like their theology of the gospel of God and the promises of God, only to be let down later on in life and then blame God for that letdown because of some movie some movie that was a Christian movie, or some song. Me and Tyler, when we do music, when we're thinking through the music together, we're very intentional to make sure the songs and the lyrics to the songs don't say things or promise you things that aren't real. Why? Because if you're singing this and you have a moment and that one lyric that you read is the, the, all the hope you have and then that lyric doesn't come through, you're broken. So what we want you to see today is that it's necessary evidence that you see God's promises through God's prophets in God's pages. Can you see now how this should reshape some things for you and, and how, you, how you share the gospel and how you receive it? How you share teaching and how you receive teaching? Can you see how um, it's, you have to make sure it's not, it's not man who's making promises for you? I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been at a hospital and a man has promised that my son was going to make it. A man promised that. And, and my mama promised me that uh, he will never give me more than I can handle. My mama promised me that. And, and both of them failed in that moment when I lost my son. Both of them Failed in that moment. And you know what I did? As, as a non I shook my fist at God even more. The, the doctor told me my son was going to make it. He looked me and my wife in the eye and said, he's a little early, but he will be okay. He promised me that. And my mama said, baby, God will never give you more than you can handle. And she promised me that. And both of them, both of them failed. Both of them failed me in that moment. And it, and it wasn't until I got into the Bible for myself that I saw, oh, oh, he'll never give you more than you can handle with him. With him. So, so yeah, if you try to do it on your own, yeah, it's going to break you. It's meant to humble you so that you look to him. That changes everything. That changes everything. Because now, the, once again, the promise is from God. Who says, hey, if you lean on me, if you pour into me, I will provide the way out. I, will pro- I am the way out. That changes everything. So, so can you see how, how vital it is that you are not placing uh, um, your hope of the gospel of God in man's promise? And how when you're listening to preachers and teachers, and, and even when you're sharing yourself, that you need to be very careful, very particular to make sure what you're saying actually is in the Bible. Because all that God says will come to pass. That's why when I'm doing, some of you have been in counseling with me. When I'm doing your counseling, there's parts where I'm like, hey, the Bible says, the Bible." I'll probably get on you nerves. I'll be like, the Bible says, what the Bible says, well, you know what, the Bible says, and I, I know I'll be getting on you last nerve. i are like, we get it. Uh, But I just want to make sure you know that what I'm telling you is going to be successful for your marriage is only what God has said. The moment I give you my opinion, what do I say? I say, hey, now this is just my opinion, but I don't think you should go about it this way. But the Bible says, right, (laughs) Because, because what I say may or may not work. I told you, I failed my wife, so I'm, I'm, no, I'm not good at marriage at all if I'm just giving you my opinion. But the moment I start doing what God told me to do in his word and when the promises that came from me doing of loving my wife like Christ loved the church and living with my wife and the understanding, the moment I start doing those things, all my marriage took off as a result of God being faithful to what he said in his word. His word. And can you see how... how you got to be very careful to make sure that it's God's prophets or God's preachers and not man's, not the self-appointed ones who get up and just throw a title on their name, have a big following and say whatever they want to say. You have to be careful. You have to be careful who you let speak to. Just because they're on the radio don't mean they right. And finally, do you understand why it's so important that you have to find it in his pages? His living word. See, this is, this is the key right here to, to all of this. Um, what would happen if we lived a life? Right here, Church on the Rock, those who are in here. What would happen if we lived a life that banked on the promises of God? Huh? Look at this, the the necessary evidence we see, it includes God's promises, His prophets, His pages. What would happen if we lived a life based on this right here? A gospel centered life. Because that's what it is it's a gospel centered life. It would change your atmosphere, it would change your surroundings. Um, You're no longer basing your success or your failures on what man has told you. Everything is based on what God has promised. You'll never get your expectations up for something that's not going to happen. You'll never be so low over something that's not going to happen as well. This is, this is the freedom of the gospel. This is the part that so many of us are missing. And this is just basic. Like I said, it's a very basic sermon today, but it's, it's so basic that we don't have it. We, just, we don't have it today. So rock responses, all right? This is what we want you to take home. Rock response number one. Look at this. I will trust his promises and not my sin or myself to save. Look at this. Not my sin or self to save. Uh, when you trust in the promises of God, you don't have to do things like cheat on your taxes. You know? I'm, I'm just, hey, hey, look. Oh, oh, I see a kind of church we got. Okay. All right. Everybody. Whoa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll do some financial stuff later. Right, like, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. Woo. You ain't got You ain't got to claim kids that ain't yours. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because you're trusting in Him and His promises, right? And 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 you're not trusting in yourself. The burden gets lifted off of you. All of you in here who are still trying to earn your way to heaven, stop. Stop. You, you won't make it. You will not make it. Maybe, maybe you don't like the Old Testament. I suggest you go read it again because there's the qualifications. Keep all of them 600-plus-something commandments. Keep them perfectly. Don't mess up one of them, not one time. And if you mess up one, you mess all of them up. Who's going to heaven based on those, that criteria? I, I, unless Piper was in here. She ain't in here no more. So Piper, hey. Insert Jesus Christ, who fulfilled every single one of them perfectly, and you get his righteousness accredited to you when you place your faith in him as your Lord and Savior. At that moment, all of your works are birthed out of that. Not for that. You're not, you're not working to get to heaven. You're, you're walking from heaven. It's a changed life. It's transformation, so so we want you to take that one first. Take that one first. Number 2, rock response number 2. I will trust his prophets and require anyone who proclaims the gospel to align with them including myself. In other words, I will get in the Bible. To trust his prophets, you got to read them, right? You got to read to see what they say. You got to open up I'm sorry, you got to open up your Bible. You got to open up your Bible. You got to get in your Bible and read what his prophets have promised. And I'm going to tell you this, it's all concerning Christ. We're going to talk about that next week. But all of it is concerning Jesus Christ. All of it is fulfilled in Christ. So everything that this is going to end up pointing to is Christ. It's that It's literally Christ alone, and that's it. But, but I need you to start holding people accountable to what they say. It's funny. Any, any other subject in here you're going to hold people accountable to, but we just let anybody say anything about Jesus. Anybody can say anything about Jesus. You know what I mean? As long as they got some kind of title, some kind of doctorate, some kind of education, they can say whatever they want, or as long as they talk over my head with big words that I don't understand, right? Man, Google them words and find out that they're not saying a whole lot, first of all, And and then follow up with them. Ask them, where did you see this? Can you show me in the Word where you got this? I get it. Not everybody's a preacher, teaching. Not everybody's into the Word all deep like that. But you can still ask the questions and do the work to make sure it's real and hold them to an accountability that checks out in the Word. That's all I'm asking you to do. And you should want that for yourself because, once again, when you get to heaven, you can't blame that Facebook post. You can't blame that YouTube person. You can't, bl- you can't blame nobody but you. You will give an account for you. They're going to get theirs, but you will give an account for you. Rock response number three. I will trust his pages, finding and placing my hope in his promises revealed through his prophets regarding his son, the person, Jesus Christ. I just like the peas. I'm sorry. But, but look at this right here. I will trust his pages, his word, his holy scripture. I will find, meaning you're reading and looking, and I will place my hope and remember this is a guaranteed hope this isn't i hope it rains today and cools off right like i don't know it might it might not this is a guaranteed hope i will place the things that are guaranteed in my life regarding salvation and what i find in his pages through his promises revealed through his prophets in the person of christ we want you to take that one home and so today we're doing something a little bit different Uh, We adjust, you know how Church on the Rock does. I'm going to have a couple guys come up here and help me move the baptismal so we can prepare for that part of it. Uh, Some of you may want to scoot back a little bit. We'll get there in a moment, but before we do that, before we do that, I want a time of reflection. We're not going to have nobody come up and sing right now. We're going to play a song called Give Me Faith, okay? Give me faith. And the lyrics say this. It says, give me faith to trust what you say. This entire sermon is about that right there, and we want you to actually reflect on that moment and ask yourself, ask yourself if you truly trust what God has to say in his word. Sit there, pray, meditate, maybe even come to the altar, as we say, and lay it down up here. This is a moment for those of you who don't believe, those of you who have not placed their trust in Christ. This is your moment. This is your moment to to ask God to give you that faith, to, to, to literally think through and say, I'm going to place my trust in Jesus Christ. Why? Because the more that I've been walking through this Roman series, I see that it all points back to him. And even when I do the logic, the one plus one equals two, it makes sense. I believe in Christ as my Lord and Savior. And for those of you who are already believers and have professed and confessed Christ as Lord, do you actually believe him? Do you actually believe him? Because if you did, it would show in your everyday life. You would believe so much in the promise of heaven that you would believe the promise of hell, and you would look at your loved ones who you know have no relationship with God and have the can't-help-its to share the gospel message of God. It would motivate you. It would move you if you really believed what he has to say. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling out to you to join me, to join me in this, to really pray, to really ask God to give you faith, to respond to not just this message, but to just his word, his prophets, his pages, his promises. And after that, we'll, we'll after that reflection, we'll, we'll move on to the baptism and then we'll pray out and go celebrate this message today, amen? So we're gonna play this song. We just want you to sit there. We just want you to reflect and to just pray through this because many of us say we believe, but, um, but um, we're not living it. What you believe is gonna birth some type of behavior. This podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock, building his body, breaking our barriers. If you would like to learn more, please visit us at our website, at www.churchontherockbb.com.